Praise God. Good morning. <clears throat> Hello, everybody online watching. We're blessed to have you here today. Well, we have communion today. Today is Communion Sunday. Yay. I love Communion Sunday. Praise God. That's okay. Yeah, you can say, yeah. I agree. Our pastors are in a Sunday series uh, entitled Live Inspired. So today I have the topic of uh, inspired accountability. Uh, a lot can be said on this topic. It's a really big one in the Word of God. Uh, accountability is one of the six pillars of church culture, a sign that someone is living out an inspired life. So let's pray here. Father God, we just welcome your word today, the concept, Father God, that we'll be looking at today, that you would enlighten our hearts with it, Father God, illuminate us with it, Lord, that, Father, in these days ahead, we would be walking in accountability that honors you, that we would take this seriously, and that, Father God, we would um, be a blessing to one another in the body of Christ. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, very briefly, accountability is simply to give a report or an explanation in its simplest form. Give a report, give an explanation. Uh, accountability is something that is odd to how people view it. Uh, first of all, people tend not to like it. Uh, if you've served in the military, you're very familiar with it. Uh, Pastor Jim mentioned um, in January when we started the series uh, that we think accountability is for someone else, but not for me personally. Not for us personally. Uh, not a good way to think. Tell you what, how about you point your finger at me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Get your fingers up in the air. Point your finger at me. Come on, come on, come on. Point your finger at me. Okay, you're pointing your finger at me. Now, take a good look at your hand. You got three fingers pointing back at you. Right? So uh, when we think uh, accountability is for somebody else, we got three fingers pointing right back at us. Let's not forget that. Because in accountability, we tend to um, judge others by their actions. But we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions. Oh, look what they did. That's not right. But uh, I meant well. My intentions were good. We seem to hold ourselves to a different uh, level of accountability. This is because we don't like to hold ourselves accountable. Uh, so, with the three fingers pointing back at us, we can see we have a higher level of accountability than when we point to others. So, but for the Lord's church, this is still a very important issue. Uh, it's important for leadership in a church. It's important for the congregation of a church uh, to examine how we live our lives and are we accountable for it. And, um, so, being accountable is a big biblical topic. Uh, your first fill in the blank there, if you're doing that, it tells us that biblical examples of accountability show that accountability and being under authority go together. You seem not to realize that, but that's true. Being accountable and being under authority, they tend to go together. Uh, the Bible is filled with these examples. Uh, let's briefly go through and look at that. How about Adam and Eve in the garden? Adam was held accountable. Notice I didn't say Eve. The Word of God tells us she was deceived. Adam knew exactly what he was doing and chose to defy God. He committed a sin of high treason. And wow, he knew exactly what he was doing and God held him accountable for it. How about that? Uh, when we go to the book of Numbers here, uh, we see the, um, 
the Israel and their armies and uh, Joshua, they're going to enter the Canaan land and conquer it. So one of the first things they do, they send in spies to check it out. Very smart thing to do. What's this land going to look like before we get there? And in Numbers chapter 13, in verses 25 to 27, it says, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of the 40 days, they went on and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they began, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. In verse 27, so they reported to him and said, we've come, came into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey and, it, and its fruit. They gave a report. Giving a report is showing accountability. When we go all the way through the Old Testament, and there's many examples, we go to the Gospels, we have Jesus and the centurion, right? The centurion wants Jesus to heal his servant, and he has an unusual response to it, uh, which impressed Jesus. In chapter 7 of Luke, verse 8, it says, he says, for I am a man under authority, with soldiers under myself. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to the other, come, and he comes. I say to my slave, do this, and he does it. Here we see he understands the concept of being under authority is being accountable. And he accepts Jesus' authority as uh, one that we're accountable to. Wow. His men were accountable to his authority. Something easily understood. Then when we go further in the Gospels, we see we have the 12 apostles, and then there was the 70 that Jesus sends out. And in uh, Luke chapter 9 here, he sends the 70 out, and they come back with a report. In Luke chapter 9, verse 10, in the beginning of the verse, the apostles returned, they gave an account to him of all they had done. How about that? Giving an account, a, an account to authority. Pretty wild. Then as we go into the New Testament church, one example, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul was accountable to the churches. In Acts chapter 15, verse 4, it says, when they arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. There's that report word again. They were accountable to the church and accountable to the elders of the church. Wow. So we see this little brief walk we just had through the Bible as these brief examples. We see that those accountable give a report not just to God, but to others as well being accountable to one another. The Bible tells us that pastors and elders will give an account one day. And some people, you know, they have a view, well, I'm only accountable to God, not to men. Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul shows us in verse 21 out of the New King James, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, in the reverence of the Lord. Submit to one another. And the concept here is talking about marriage, but it's a Christian concept that we submit to one another in reverence for God. To submit is to be accountable. There's a humility there where we're showing that we are in respect and accountable to God. Uh, we're in accountable to one another in the body of Christ. If, if Jesus is my Lord and Savior, I'm accountable to Him and His body, right? I can't say I love you, Jesus, but I don't like you people. I can't do that. How can that claim that I'm a believer if I act like that? If I, have his, if I love him, I have to love his body. If, I'm, if I want to be a, live a life accountable to the Lord, wouldn't I live a life then also accountable to his body as well? So we're an accountable to one another. Uh, an important scripture here also 
a, a really um, heavy one. It's our memory verse on your sheet there, a biggie. Romans chapter 14, verse 12, out of the King James. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Whoa, there's that account stuff again. This accountability stuff is important. Uh, so the point that we want to take away from all these biblical examples here and references, that's your second fill in the blank there, is that accountability is something we need to embrace. We really need to get there as believers because people don't like that word, but we need to get there. Accountability is something we need to embrace as believers. It's something I need to run to. It's a good thing. It's a God thing. That's how we have to look at accountability. Actually, accountability um, makes us better. I don't know if you ever considered that. It's a very positive thing. It improves us. We need it. <laughs> I need to be accountable. I want to be improved. I don't want to take a step backwards. Uh, people tend to shy away, though, from the concept of accountability because it involves trust. If you really start to look at this, uh, we tend not to trust the person we're accountable to. We think they're going to take our words and our reports and hurt us with them. They're going to belittle us. They're going to berate us. They're going to embarrass us. Um, if this is how our parents treated us, how our school teachers treated us as we were growing up, it tends to leave a mark on our souls. And I get that. A lot of people have been very wounded in life by people they trusted to be accountable to, and they hurt them bad. Uh, so we've always met people over the years from, who have been uh, from other churches, and they come here very hurt and wounded by how other churches have treated them. That's hard, because it's hard for them to trust again. And I get it, I understand. That's trust, basically in life, is something you give until somebody breaks it, and then they have to earn it back. And that's, that's very well true. You know, if, uh, I know Pastor Walt used to use the story, if, if I'm standing there and you run your car over my toes, I will forgive you, but if I see you coming again, I'm going to take a couple steps back. <laughs> I'm not going to trust you entirely. Yeah, absolutely. So trust is a big deal there. Um, Many people uh, have such unpleasant memories regarding being accountable. It's a difficult thing for them. So our third fill in the blank there is, so a accountability involves trust. We can't ever lose that concept here when we talk about this. Accountability involves trust. Trusting the person we're accountable to. It is a big deal. But, you know, we need to um, ask ourselves hard questions in life. All of us need to go deep. And we need to ask hard questions uh, like, will I let others read me? Will I let them read me? Will I, that is, will I allow myself to be vulnerable? Obviously, if you're going to be reporting to someone or accountable, accountable to someone, you're going to allow them to read your life. That puts you in a very vulnerable situation. You've got to trust them. You just don't do that very easily. Uh, can others trust me? My actions will reveal this. My actions will reveal whether I can be trusted or not. I remember I saw just a quote yesterday. I, I kind of liked it. A friend will be honest in your, uh, or almost hurtful to your face, but talk nice about you behind your back. That's a real friend. They'll confront you to your face, but they're not going to do that behind your back. They'll be loyal behind your back. That's something we want. That's the kind of friendship we need. That's somebody you can trust, for sure. 
so trusting this person is, 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 is a tough deal. Um, a really important question, will I let other people speak into my life? That's a real big thing with mentoring, with being accountable. Will I allow someone to speak into my life? Which means I have to die to self. To be a believer means my life doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to the Lord. If it belongs to the Lord, like Paul says, I die daily. To self-pride and selfishness, I've got to die daily. But, you know, not too many of us hear voices coming out of the sky. So that means he'll talk through other people. And I'm sure we've all been there where someone has said something to us. And you go, whoa, that wasn't that man. That was the Lord. I don't think they even know it. The Lord will speak through other people to us. So will I let them? Will I put myself in a position where I will let people speak into my life? And part of this is also, will I give an account to myself to others? And I will be submitted to Christ because I'm submitted to Christ first. That's really what it comes down to. If I am submitted to the Lord, will I allow myself to give a, an account to someone else? Now, that's the true reason why we trust others, because we trust Christ first. I just, was, I just heard a scripture in my head as I was uh, coming out here today from James uh, where uh, he says, uh, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. That's accountability. Wow, that we would be healed. That, that was God's idea. James didn't say, I think I'll put this here. No, he was inspired under the Holy Ghost to say that, that we would confess our sins to one another. That's accountability, that we would be healed, which implies if we don't do that, we hinder our own health and well-being. That's heavy stuff. We're receiving communion today, and it talks about, you know, uh, not approaching the Lord's table uh, in, in, in a sinful, disrespectful manner. Uh, if we don't confess our sins to one another, we hurt ourselves. Wow. That's, that sounds really heavy thoughts. So um, I need to do this all because I'm submitted to Christ first. If I wasn't submitted to Christ first, why in the world would I be accountable to anyone? Unless they force me, why would I be accountable? Out of my own free will. Uh, so, if we refuse to be accountable, our growth in Christ will be stunted. Amen. Maybe another way to say that is, if we uh, don't, if we're not accountable, uh, we'll, we won't reach the potential that we can reach in the kingdom of God without it. That makes it pretty serious. I want to reach the potential the Lord would have for me in the kingdom of God. I don't want to step on my own potential. I don't want to squash my own potential and do it to myself. And uh, I want all the Lord would have for me to come to fruition, uh, that I wouldn't be the one sabotaging it and hindering it. Uh, if we are not accountable as believers, we're sabotaging our own growth in Christ. And that should mean everything. That should be a pretty serious thing. Uh, I love this scripture. A lot of men's ministry use this on, the, on t-shirts and stuff. Proverbs chapter 27 Verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. Yeah, Brother Bob, don't you have that on a t-shirt? I think I just saw you wear one. Yeah, Bob's got one. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's accountability. Uh, that's an accountability principle that I need you to sharpen me. Uh, you need me to sharpen you. I mean, I want me, but you need me to sharpen you. We need one another uh, so that we can become that diamond in the rough as, as a beautiful diamond with all the facets that's worth all this money and everything. Because uh, 
the body of Christ sharpens me. That's where real growth happens in the body of Christ. It doesn't happen from sitting under a Sunday message or uh, it happens when other brothers and sisters in Christ rub against you. I, I didn't do this in the first service. I just thought of something uh, just now. I had a dream uh, the first year I was, I was saved. I had this blue car. It was a Ford Maverick. It was a total lemon, and uh, which bothered me because I was paid a lot of money for it brand new. Anyway, I had this dream that my Ford Maverick was parked by this light uh, in a parking lot, and I couldn't get it to work. Huh, no surprise. And uh, so I open up the hood and I'm looking at it. And all of a sudden, all these Christians start coming that I knew from church. And they go, oh, we'll help you, brother. And they start pulling the engine apart. I'm like, ah, my car! And they're ripping it to pieces. And I woke up and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me. That's what the body of Christ will do for you. They'll take out of your life the things that don't belong there. It was one of those spiritual dreams. I wish they happened more often. And uh, where... You actually learn something like, I need these people in my life, whether I like it or not, because they're going to fix me in a way I didn't think I was going to get fixed. That's what we do for one another, uh, hopefully nicely, you don't pull things away from them. But uh, uh, I, I won't say who. There was this sister in the Lord, and she's in a, from church here, and she, she's in a car with this other sister in the Lord, and apparently, this is the days when they had cassette tapes. Those of you who don't know what they are, the dinosaurs invented them. Okay, so they're riding in the car, and she throws a tape on, and it was this really not-so-godly rock and roll music she was listening to. And the other sister pushed the tape button, pulled it out, and threw it out the window. My tape! She said, we don't listen to that, do we? My tape! So she should have thanked her. Uh, and well, I shouldn't slap her, so that was good. Uh, but that's one, that's where we have iron sharpens iron, one sharpens another. We need this in our lives. Uh, I should want the body of Christ to, sh to sharpen me. I need uh, to get this. God set it up this way. It was his idea. I want to be accountable to the body of Christ. Um, one of the blessings we have of being accountable is that uh, being accountable causes us to be responsible. I don't know if you realize that. It causes me to be trusted. It keeps us from sin. Very often, I, I, I talk with men over the years. A lot of them have problems with pornography on the internet. And I said, okay, one of the first things you need to do is be accountable. And they look at you. And I said, yeah, where, where is this computer that's giving you a problem? Uh, in my office or, or in my library. All right, you need to put it in the living room. Those were the days they didn't have laptops. You need, you need to put this in the living room so everybody can see on the computer. Oh, I don't want to do that. Then you're not accountable. You're not serious. So you'll live in misery for the rest of your life then? Your choice. You have to be accountable. That's, that's, that starts the healing process where you kill sin in your life, kill the opportunities of sin in your life. So accountability, it keeps us from sin. It keeps us from selfishness ruling our lives. Because as soon as we receive Christ as our Savior, we are on a war internally against selfishness. All of us. Uh, all of us are trying to kill self. This side of heaven, as long as you're going to be here, self wants to say, I'm in charge. No, you're not. You're dead. I'm in charge. No, you're not. You're dead. And we have that constant battle of fighting the flesh and putting it under and subjecting it to the cross of Christ and living free in Christ. But we don't want to live free in Christ. We talk like it, but inside we don't want to. Well, we have to. 
Accountability keeps us that way. So it's, it's a really big issue here. Uh, as I mentioned before, also it has to do with also being under authority as this takes place. So part of accountability is a submission to authority, which is a very separate issue, but a very big one. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. It's a true story. It really impressed me when I first heard it, so I never forgot it. I saw this on Christian television in the very early 1980s. There was this Roman Catholic priest. Uh, he was an Italian priest. I think his last name began with O, but I don't remember his name. So I'll just call him Father Smith or Smitha. I don't know. I, I'll call him Father Smith. Anyway, Father Smith uh, said uh, when he was, this is probably in the Catholic charismatic movement of the late 60s, early 70s. He um, was at a mass. Those of you who are Roman Catholics here in your background, they had this, the mass where they blessed the throats. Who remembers that? Thank you. I know, there was some of the first service too. You, you the mass of St. Blaise, they called it. Remember that? They had the candles. What was it? I think it was Father Rossini. I think you're right. Wow. You're older than me. You probably remember well. That's right. That was the name. Father Rossini. Okay. So he had this mass where he was, uh, he knew nothing about healing, nothing about how God works. It just wasn't an area that he knew anything about or was probably even taught about. So he's at this mass, and, and of course they have the line of people at the end of the mass that they're blessing, the throat's over. And there's one guy he touches, boom, down he goes under the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, he's shocked. Oh, he fell down. Is there a doctor here? Is there a nurse here? And some doctor came forth and went, he's okay. And the guy walks up like a real oozy, grabs his neck. I'm healed. It's gone. The pain's gone. The pain's gone. The preacher's like, huh? <laughs> well, isn't that what you were doing? Yeah. Huh? He was very surprised. Then he had other people, not everyone, but certain people in the line there were reporting the exact same thing. The pain was gone or whatever problem they had. Usually if you announce a mass like that, people who have problems with their throats are going to come to the mass. Common sense. And uh, they were all reporting similar uh, instances. So he was really intrigued on this. He tried to read a little bit about it, what the Word of God said about healing. Didn't really quite understand a lot. Obviously, this was a sovereign act of God. This was not faith on his part being exercised. So anyway, he started to get this bright idea, let's have a healing mass. So he had his regular mass, and then he had people come at the end that he would lay his hands on. And this is where it was happening again and again. And the words started going out. So anyway, the bishop calls him in to talk to him about all this and says, uh, wow, this is really fascinating. What's happening? Oh, he reports everything, and they're getting healed. Oh, isn't it wonderful? And the bishop said, stop. What? Stop. I want you to stop. No more healing messes. Stop. He just kind of exhaled. Okay. And he left. Very brokenhearted. About three months later, bishop calls again. I I need to see you. Oh, great, I can see this guy again. He goes walking to see the bishop, and the bishop says to him, okay, we should probably end your pastoral duties here uh, in the parishes and have you travel from church to church doing these healing masses and probably go outside the diocese. Wait a minute, you told me to stop. Yeah, I know. I want to see if you would. Now that I know you would, you're a man submitted to God. I'm not going to fight God. God's doing something here. Let's promote it. What do we have to do to pay for it? How can we make this happen? Tell me what you need. You got it. And he was stunned. So the point here is Father uh, Orsini was submitted uh, to the Lord first. And he proved he was responsible. He could be trusted 
because he was a man under authority. He submitted to authority and accountability vindicated him. Now bear in mind, this priest could have said, I have to obey God rather than man. Probably what I would have said, or he could have said, well, obviously you're a spiritually barren man. You wouldn't know Jesus if you fell over him. (laughs) And he wouldn't have been all that wrong. But he was submitted first to God, knowing that, well, if God's doing this, he's going to continue. I was just invited to be along. And that's the point there, that he had an accountability first to the Lord, and then he was accountable to men. And God made it all happen. Very important principle. So as we move towards communion here, uh, I said in the beginning of today's message, which is your fill in the blank here on number four, accountability is a sign of someone living out an inspired life. That's why it's important. If we're talking about living inspired here, inspired people are know to be accountable. And I would encourage you uh, to be in accountability relationship with someone in the body of Christ. It could be a prayer partner, but bear in mind accountability can't be forced. It has to be something you do out of your own free will. Uh, obviously, it's somebody you're going to want to trust, not Sally Blabbermouth. And if anybody here is named Sally, I deeply apologize. I wasn't referring to you. <laughs> At one time said, hey, Jack. And there was a guy sitting there named uh, Jack at the front row. I said, oh, Jack, not you. He goes, yeah, I know, the generic Jack, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, I'll call him a different name next time. Uh, so anyway, uh, for the Sallys and Jacks out there, uh, yeah, it, it has to be something that you do out of your own free will. You can't force someone to be accountable. But if you're married, you're already in an accountable relationship to your partner, right? Uh, children should be accountable to their parents. Most of the times, hopefully, they're trying to just save your life if you just listen. Uh, business partners should be accountable to one another. Uh, those who are, work a job, everything today is a team. Nobody just works a job anymore. They're on, they're on the team. Okay, well, then you're on your job team. You should be accountable to one another. Uh, a team implies already that you're accountable, right? And being this is a football season, uh, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but there was this one running back on this pro team that was so obnoxious and so selfish, the coach finally had it with the guy and said, I don't care how talented you are. He goes up to the guy and says, there is no I in team. And the guy snapped back, there's no U.S. either. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, so we want accountability here, uh, not it's all about me. Some of you are going to be thinking about that as you like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> never mind, never mind, never mind. But this should be a topic we should run to. Uh, the truth is, this is something we need to embrace. Uh, people living inspired lives are accountable people. We need a culture of inspired accountability. Let's pray here before we go to communion. Father God, we just ask you to uh, illuminate this message in our hearts, Father, that we would be a people that are accountable to one another and accountable to you because of Christ, and that our lives no longer belong to ourselves but to the Lord, and we live that way in our uh, love and accountability for one another. As it tells us in James, that we would confess our sins to one another, that we would be healed. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name.